welcome to Around the A-Sun. Around the A-Sun is the newest podcast for the newest conference in FCS football. Now let's send it to your hosts, Will Seiler and Brandon Owens. Everybody. Welcome back to the Around the A-Sun podcast for the first time, actually. My name is Will Seiler, and I'm joined today and every day that we do this podcast by Brandon Owens. Brandon is the host of the Jacksonville State Cocky Nation podcast. And uh, just like the intro said, this is the newest podcast for the newest conference in FCS football. Uh, we're going to be sharing some opinions, answering some questions relating to all five A-Sun football schools. And if you uh, are not familiar or you're new to the A-Sun conference, those five schools are... Central Arkansas, Eastern Kentucky, Jacksonville State, Kennesaw State, and then North Alabama. But before we get any further into uh, the podcast and telling you a little more about it, Brandon, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you. Well, like he said, guys, my name is Brandon Owens. I am the host of the Cocky Nation podcast for JSU Sports. Uh, I just recently graduated uh, JSU uh, back in December, and I'm actually about to start graduate school and so we've been we me and will have been talking about this uh podcast starting it uh up for about two years now so i'm i'm very happy that we're finally getting it rolling yeah as soon as we heard that uh uca and jacksonville state were contemplating a move to the asun out of the uh, ovc in southland i think we started tossing this idea around and so we uh now finally getting to see it come to fruition and get started on it. So uh, um, so that's a little bit about Brandon, a little bit about myself. I actually just graduated from the University of Central Arkansas. I played football there for four years, and then I'm about to start medical school at the University of Arkansas for medical sciences. So uh, we're both alums of one of one ASUN school or another, and so we, uh, we'll try to keep the biases out of this, but uh, forgive us if we uh, get excited about our own teams. So uh, the plan for this first little part of uh, Around the A-Sun is to do a preview series. And over the span of five weeks, starting today, we're going to be previewing uh, one A-Sun football team at a time. Um, and obviously this year, we'll be talking some AQ7 and some A-Sun WAC Challenge football as well. But to keep it uh, in the A-Sun family, we'll go ahead and talk about Kennesaw State and North Alabama as well. So uh, these five short episodes, we'll preview one conference school at a time. We'll highlight some impact players and then also the 2021 schedule. And then, heck, we might even make some predictions along the way, some hot takes. Uh, but that's all going to start today with the University of Central Arkansas. And so uh, if you're not familiar with the University of Central Arkansas, you're in luck because I am. Um, UCA is uh, located in Conway, Arkansas, has an enrollment of about 12,000. Uh, the football program is uh, spearheaded by Nathan Brown, who is a UCA legend, UCA quarterback, uh, best U- best UCA football player in history probably. This is his fourth season going into this year as a head coach, and he has a 20-13 and 13 record overall. So um, if you haven't been following along on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, we've done a, a couple series about the university as well as the playoff history. Um, some just some tidbits of playoff history about UCA. We've never lost in the first round of the playoffs, but on the other side of that, we have never won in the second round. And I think that's something that Brandon likes to give us a little crap for. 
Hey, I have nothing against that because JSU can't get past the second round either, except for for two years, the past seven years. <laughs> well, well, uh, Jacksonville State's had some uh, had some history in the playoffs, but I think UCA is trying to take that next step this year. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about last season: the Bears went five and four overall, but the the Bears played a um, fall schedule as opposed to a spring schedule. Do you think that had any uh, benefits or uh, detriment to to this season? Um, as far as like uh, going into this season compared to last season. Yeah, I mean, do you think you think UCA has an advantage over teams that played in the spring? Because I mean, there's teams that wrapped up their season two months ago. Yeah, I think they'll be way more rested than a lot of the A Sun uh, whack challenge teams, um, especially Sam Houston. But then again, um, I heard on a podcast or read somewhere that um, Sam Houston is only playing a ten uh, game regular season this year. Uh, to give that extra rest time. But I think as far as like taking a whole semester off for Central Arkansas, I think that's going to benefit them very well because the players have had time to recover from maybe minor injuries, maybe even some major injuries, uh, and just being able to like condition for a whole semester like usual uh, in a normal year aside from COVID. Uh, so I think UCA is going to benefit from having the extra time off. I, I'm definitely on that same uh, train of thought. I, I've been outspoken since the beginning that I thought the spring season for individual players was a bad idea. I think it was great that, you know, uh, the FCS got to have some spotlight and have some eyes on it. But I do think that for, teams going in to play a fall of 2021 season I think that it was more beneficial to play in the fall of 2020 um, and you know I know a lot of people like to throw around the idea that hey when I was 20 years old I could bounce back from injuries and I could you know I could do stay up for 24 hours sleep for an hour and stay up for 24 more but uh, I don't know that people really understand the toll that college athletics takes on your body and especially a football season along you know if you're lucky a uh, 15-week football season, and uh, you see a lot of nagging injuries um, that will be healed up going into the fall for uh, people that played in the fall last year. And um, like you said, even major injuries. One thing that comes to mind, uh, Dre Matthews, he's one of our linebackers. He he had a horrible knee injury last year against Missouri Western in October on Halloween. And um, if that injury had happened, you know, in the spring, he's not even thinking about playing fall football, but uh, just like the South Dakota State quarterback getting injured in the national championship game. But because we played in the fall, he'll be back. He'll get to play. He may miss, you know, the first week or two of the season, still finishing up some rehab to get fully cleared, but then he should be back for the rest of the year and uh, in tip-top shape. So I definitely think it was a, um advantage to play in last season. Um, some of the notable results from last year – uh, went to a neutral site game against Austin P in the FCS kickoff game. Won that one uh, by a touchdown. Uh, late late game, fourth quarter comeback in true UCA fashion. Um, went to UAB, got beat, uh, put up a pretty good fight, but played two games in a span of five days. And then, um, so other notable results. Let's see. 
uh, played Eastern Kentucky twice. That one loss to Eastern Kentucky was really the only game that we should have won that we did lose. So um, other than that, last season was really uh, you won the games you were supposed to and you lost the games you were supposed to lose. And so uh, really looking forward to this year, getting a, a little little more traditional football schedule, 11 games, uh, only one FBS game, and uh, playing some solid um, competition. But before we get into uh, some impact players and some predictions, we're going to walk through uh, the 2021 schedule. Uh, Brandon, you want do you want to do that, or I've got it sitting in front of me if you want me to? Yeah, you go ahead and do that. All right. So uh, we're going to start the season off September fourth at Arkansas State in Jonesboro. Uh, second game of the year, go on the road to Missouri State, then come home for the home opener against the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, and then uh, stay at home for what is probably the most important game of the year. The defending national champion, Sam Houston State Bearcats, will be in Conway on the stripes. And then after that one, we get a week off and then head to Abilene Christian, come back home for Eastern Kentucky, go to Lamar, and then what is probably the second biggest game of the year, travel all the way to Jacksonville, Alabama to play the Gamecocks, and then come home for homecoming against Texas Wesleyan, which I believe is an NAI program, and then stay at home for Stephen F. Austin, and then make the long trip to Stephenville to play Tarleton State. Uh, Like I said, I would say the two most key matchups – uh, as bad as I want to beat Arkansas State, I would say Sam Houston and Jacksonville State are probably the two most important games. What do you think? Yeah, when you're talking about within the this one-year conference or this challenge, yeah, that's, that's the two biggest games. But I will also say um, your biggest game of the year, aside from those two, is Arkansas State. So I, I think um, as far as those three games, just like JSU has – a good amount of like big games, but we'll get into that another week. Um, <clears throat> those two, those three games are your biggest. Um, I think the same Houston is really going to determine who gets first and second place. Um, and then the JSU game, same thing, depending on how things play out. I will say this, having the defending national champions on your home turf in September is a good feeling. Uh, we don't lose on the stripe. Beat, do what? Y'all beat Sam Houston last time y'all hosted them, did y'all not? Yes, in 2019, which is the last time we played them because we didn't play a Southland schedule in 2020. In 2019, they came to the stripes, and uh, I believe they were – we came back in the third or fourth quarter, and I think we scored like 21 unanswered to beat them by 10 or something um, in route to a 9-3 and three overall finish. So, uh, yeah, we, we've had their number when they've come to the Stripes. When uh, In 2017, they were the number three team in the country and came to Conway, and we uh, I think we beat them by a touchdown or so. Um, it was it was a good game. It's always a good atmosphere when the Bearcats come to town. They travel well. Uh, it's, big, it's always a big game. UCA's always uh, got a good crowd for when Sam Houston comes to town. But aside from those two, Arkansas State and Missouri State, both big games. Missouri State's somebody that we uh, – this will be the third time we've played them in 365 days. Played home-and-home home with them last year. We got the best of them both times, but uh, Bobby Petrino's got the Bears rolling, and I think that uh, that, uh, that'll that be a tougher game than a lot of people give it credit for. Yeah, yeah, them, them coming off of um, – I mean, they only played one playoff game, but making the playoffs in 20-plus years – 
for the first time, like Missouri State really stepped it up in the spring, and I think they're just going to keep rolling going into the uh, fall 2021 schedule. So that that will be a good game, but I think uh, you're correct. I think y'all will probably handle business. Um, it, it, they're, to me, they're still not a very good Missouri Valley team. Um, I, they still have a lot to work out as far as like team – the team goes in general, but the fact that Bobby Petrino is the coach, uh, you, you can't really count out Missouri state. Uh, and you know, when we traveled up there, I think the one thing that uh, surprised me was they were a very talented team. They had some really, they had some really big time players on the field, but they just couldn't put it all together that you could tell they weren't used to being in a close game. Um, the discipline, which the discipline was lacking a little bit on both sides of that game. It got a little heated, but, um, you know, a lot of stupid penalties, a lot of uh, fumbles, uh, bad decisions by quarterbacks, running backs um, in crucial parts of the game that that eventually helped us uh, win that one. And so, um, but I think if they work the kinks out of that one, that, that could be a Missouri State team that makes a run um, at, you know, a th- three or four spot in the Missouri Valley. But yeah, uh, yeah definitely going to be a big game in Springfield. Um, and obviously we talked about Arkansas state. That'll be a big one. They, uh, they got the best of us this past year in a monsoon played in a hurricane, hurricane Delta. They, uh, they got the best of us by like 23 points. So definitely looking to go get some revenge there, but a lot of big games on the schedule. Um, and so before we get into some impact players, um, let's go ahead and walk through the schedule and make your predictions for how UCA is going to do. How does that sound? I'm game. If you're game. All right, let's do it. So uh, obviously, first game of the year, Arkansas State. Um, just for the for the sake of you know getting bias out of the podcast, I'm going to go ahead and say that we lose that one in Jonesboro. Um, Butch Jones has got some uh, talented transfers coming in from the SEC into Jonesboro, and I'm going to say that uh, we keep it close for three quarters, and they uh, start to pull away there at the end. Um, I'm actually going to go opposite. I think y'all will keep it close and y'all will win, uh, by less than 10 points. Okay. Well, I like that prediction. I just, I have to play the devil's advocate here because I can't say that we're going to finish 11 zero because then people would call me a Homer. Um, all right. Second week at Missouri state. I will say we win that one. I think that even though they're talented, I think that we're, we have, you know, as much talent or more on the field. And so I'm going to say that we win that one by 14, 10, 14 points and uh, start one and one. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. I'd, I'd, I'd even push it to maybe 17 points. I like that. Uh, UAPB at home. UAPB was the SWAC West champion last year. They're not getting any respect this year. They're picked to finish fifth in the SWAC West. Um, even though they were a good spring team, I'm going to say we get the best of them at home and what should be a huge crowd, but I'm going to say we uh, we beat the beat the Golden Lions. Start out two and one. Yeah, I um, Arkansas Pine Bluff is a team that a lot of people, like you said, are overlooking um, and not giving respect. I think they are going to be tough in the SWAC again this year in their division, uh, make the SWAC championship. Um, but I think UCA will handle business easily with Arkansas Pine Bluff. Um, I'll say. Yeah, 17 points or more. I like that. 
so then second home game of the year, Sam Houston State. Like I kind of alluded to earlier, we tend to play well on the stripes. I, I, I'm not sure the exact number of losses on the stripes, but um, it's not very many. Um, we're all about defending the stripes at UCA. And I'm going to say in a really tight one, last second field goal type game, we beat the Bearcats, beat the defending national champions, and uh, kind of take the lead in the Wacky Sun Challenge. Uh, this one is hard. Um, so I'm probably going to have to say y'all lose to Sam Houston. Um, I think, I think it's going to, I'll agree with like the point spread you said, but I think I'm going to go the other way. I think Sam Houston beats y'all by three. And you know, this really isn't a homer pick for me. I'm really, if it was in Huntsville, I'd be hard pressed not to pick the Bearcats, but being in Conway, we don't lose very often on the stripes, especially early in the year. And so that, that's why I'm picking the Bears over the Bearcats. Uh, going to Abilene Christian, uh, pretty sure we'll have pretty similar picks here. I don't see uh, – Abilene's always a good team, but I don't see um, I don't see us tripping up early in the year in Abilene, uh, even making the long road trip. I think we win that one pretty handily. Yeah, I, I just think UCA is going to be too much for um, Abilene Christian. Uh, I will guarantee that – the players that need that will be like talked about all season will have a very huge game against Abilene Christian. Uh, so I'll say 21 plus. I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Coming home for Eastern Kentucky, you know, Eastern Kentucky is one of those teams we'll talk about later on, but I think it's a, uh, it's a squad that is pretty underrated. I mean, I watched them play or played them twice last year and they've got some athletes. They, uh, Parker McKinney, the quarterback, he uh, he can run, he can throw, he's a dual threat guy. Um, but I think again, coming to Conway, I think the Bears are too much in Conway. Uh, beat Eastern Kentucky, I'm going to say by ten points. Um, I will go by less, and here's why: uh, every single game uh, last season um, against EKU was. Um, Let's see, 12 or less. Y'all lost to EKU at EKU by three, and then y'all beat them on your home turf by 12. Um, So I will probably, just going off of my experience with EKU in the OVC, um, they're, they're a tough team. Like, they always played Jacksonville State pretty tough. Sometimes the score wouldn't, like, depict that. But they they always play JSU tough. That I considered that a conference rivalry. Um, I'll I'll say ten or less points. UCA beats EKU. All right. What? Well, at least we uh, at least you're predicting a win for the Bears. That's all that matters. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> all right. Uh, next game, we're traveling all the way to Beaumont, Texas, to play the Lamar Cardinals. Again, I don't see us slipping up. Um, even making the long road trip to Beaumont. I say the Bears go down and beat Lamar. I, last time we played them, I think we beat them by like 31, something like that. I say we win that one pretty handily, two, three scores. Yeah, you, it, there, there's just nothing to say about this game. Uh, for me, Lamar is just a horrible team. Uh, it, I mean, we saw that in the spring uh, how uh, with uh, Nichols, Sela, um, and the Sam Houston game, like, all of those uh, teams destroyed Lamar. So I'm going to say UCA beats them 28 plus. I agree. All right. Now, will we agree or disagree on this one? 
UCA makes the trip all the way to Jacksonville, Alabama to take on the Jacksonville State Gamecocks, Brandon's uh, beloved Gamecocks. And, uh, you know, I gave us the win against Sam Houston on the stripes. A late game or a late season road trip to Jacksonville, I will give a I will give the advantage to the Gamecocks. I say that in a close game, home field advantage comes into play, and uh, I say the Gamecocks take that one by uh, one score or less. Yeah, I agree. Um, <clears throat> I have Jacksonville State winning this just because it's at home for us. Um, I've always seen JSU and UCA as like a pretty evenly, uh, pretty even matchup if we were to ever like match up, and we finally get to see that this year. So I think just because of the home field advantage and the atmosphere at JSU uh, coming off of the spring and everything pretty much going back to normal, I think you are going to see JSU uh, beat UCA by 10 or less points. Uh, as much as it pains me to agree with you, I will. Um, then coming home for homecoming against, against Texas Westland. And uh, hypothetically, if we're coming off a loss against Jacksonville State, I don't see this one even being remotely close. Uh, Texas Westland is an NAIA program coming to the stripes. I'm going to say UCA wins that one, but I'm not going to pick a point spread because I don't want to be that guy. But uh, it, it won't be close. No, it won't be close. NAIA programs very rarely beat FCS programs. Um, it's happened before, but it very right. rarely does it happen. Um, I don't see this happening. I, I think UCA is going to use this as a kind of n- not necessarily an off week mentally, but as like an off game preparing for the next game, which is a pretty big game um, yep. and resting their resting some of their star players. So, uh, Coming off the win against Texas Wesleyan, uh, UCA gets SFA uh, at home again, so two weeks in a row at home. And uh, I'm going to say this one, you, SFA always plays us close. In 2017, UCA was, I, I think we were number three or four in the country at the time. SFA had maybe one win on the year, and they came to the stripes, and it took us coming back in the last two minutes of the game to beat them by uh, four points. And that was a team that's loaded I uh, look back now, it had two or three current NFL players on the roster for UCA, um, and, and it took a lot to, to beat a bad SFA team. So I say that uh, SFA keeps it close, gives us a scare at home, but uh, we pull it out in the end. Might have to do a true UCA fashion comeback, but uh, I say we do it, knock them off, and uh, move to, what would that make it, uh, nine? No, that would make us eight and two. So I say we get to eight and two at home. Nah, I say nine and one, um, because I have y'all beaten Arkansas State and only losing to. Um, you actually, had a yeah, Houston, it's, yeah, two, it's two losses. I had y'all losing to Sam Houston. Yeah, yep. so eight and two. Um, I think y'all will get the win, but I will say this: Stephen F. Austin going into their move to the WAC from the Southland, they are on the rise. I think they are starting to get back to their. Um, old ways of football. They used to be a powerhouse in the FCS um, yep. when the Southland was a lot stronger, um, but now they're out of the, the um, Southland, and I think they are just going to blossom and keep up with the powers of, like, um, uh, uh, Sam Houston and whoever else joins the WAC. Uh, there's rumors, but we'll, we'll, that might be another conversation, maybe not 
on this podcast, but between you and me privately. Um, yep. But I have I have uh, UCA beating Stephen F. Austin. I do as well, and uh, like you know, I think it'll be a close game just because of the history between the two teams. It never is a bad game, even when we're good, they're bad. Uh, it's a close game, but uh, you know, you say they're on the rise, and I do believe they are on the rise. I don't think as much as some people think they are. Um, you know, last year I want to say they played, uh, they went six and four, and four they of their had a wins ton of D two teams on their schedule. four of their wins were yeah were D two wins. I mean, they played Angelo State. Um, who else they played? It was, they played 42 games and, and then Abilene Christian. And so I'm not, not to take anything away from the Lumberjacks. Great, great fall season, but they didn't play the season that UCA played last fall either. Um, UCA playing two FBS games and, um, only one division two game to fill homecoming. But, uh, so eight and two, and then we travel to, uh, Tarleton state, go to Stephenville, Texas to take, on Tarleton State, I say we get that win um, in what is probably – I think they, they give us a scare just because at 8-2, and two, you're probably looking forward to playoffs. And uh, if we're 8-2 and two with these results, you're looking at a possible seed. I think it would be easy to look over uh, the Texans. But uh, I say that we do get the win in Stephenville, whether it be close or, you know, maybe not. But I'm going to say we get a close win in Stephenville. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be a close win just because of the um, success Tarleton had in the spring. Uh, the record might not have shown it, but I mean, if you watch Tarleton, um, even just highlights of Tarleton from the spring, they are going to be a really good FCS team right off the bat. Um, so I think this is going to be a lot closer than what people think. Um, and I would I would say less than 10 points UCA wins. Uh, but Tarleton, as time goes on, when these two conferences split, I think you're going to see um, Tarleton be up there with the others. So I think we uh, think through a uh, different series of results, we both got to the same record regular season wise. We're saying nine and two for the Bears with. Uh, you're saying that we uh, beat Arkansas State, lose to Sam Houston and Jacksonville State, and I'm saying that we lose to the Red Wolves and then uh, beat uh, Sam Houston. So that's that's really the only difference. Right, correct. All right. Well, uh, I, I'll take it. 9-2 and two is good. I think 9-2 and two in this conference with that schedule gets you a national seed, whether it be a uh, – yeah, I think it gets you anything from a 5 to an 8 seed and uh, buying the playoffs, and uh, I think that sets you up pretty well. So now we're going to move on into um, some players to watch, some impact players. Brandon, I'll let you go first, man. Who are you looking forward to watching from the Bears this year? Who's going to Who's going to make an impact? Um, I think Tyler Hudson, the wide receiver, uh, one of the wide receivers for the UCA Bears. But before I go into talking a little bit about Tyler, um, I just want to give a shout out to Braylon Smith. He's one of the best. QBs in this in the A Sun and even in the AQ7, he is one of the best quarterbacks um, in this conf in any of those conferences. So shout out to you, Braylon Smith. Um, but Tyler Hudson, Tyler Hudson is a beast. I was just watching some highlights before we got on today, and just his agility, his footwork, it's mind boggling. Like I'm, I don't even He's know it. it, it I'm speechless because of it. 
like just watching some of he's Randy Moss type kind of guy. I well, yes, but what I was thinking to myself is watching him like his focus when he's also going up for balls and like making amazing catches. Um, he reminds me a lot of uh of of Josh Pearson and Josh Barge from JSU. Gotcha. I mean, yeah. it is very identical as far as like determination, focus, um, the agility, um, the will to get um, to fight for that ball in the air. It's just, it's just amazing. Tyler Hudson, in my opinion, is one of the best wide receivers in the FCS. Um, definitely need to watch out for him. I mean, you look at his career stats. Total 105 receiving yards for um, 1,820 uh, yards, 19 touchdowns, 12 in 2019, and 7 in 2020. Uh, had amazing standout games uh, against EKU and Arkansas State. It was the late Eastern, Eastern Kentucky game. Um, he had 154 yards in both games, had a touchdown in the um, EKU game eight receptions against EKU and 12 against Arkansas State. So, I mean, this boy puts up stats. Uh, Amazing athletic player. Um, You have more experience as to how he's like off the field. So, I don't know. I can't say anything about off the field, but from just watching him play, I would imagine he's just as good off the field as he is on the field. Yeah, T. Huddy, he uh, he's a real stand-up guy. He was one of my favorite teammates. Uh, he, he's the kind of guy that you know. I was a deep snapper, and so we don't you know get a whole lot of time hanging out with the uh, the skill players. But T. Huddy was one of the guys that was always making sure uh, we were good as specialists. And uh, he's just a, one of the guys that eventually is going to be a captain of the team, if not this year. Um, but and he's only going into his third year, so he could potentially play three more years if he takes his COVID year. Um, but T. Huddy will be a guy that watch, you know, watch for his name in a couple years in the NFL draft because he's got all the all the tangibles, all the intangibles. Um, he he's athletic. 50-50 balls for him are more like 75-25, 80-20. Um, but I don't want to skip over another guy that's just like that. Uh, it's the second head of the two-headed monster that is the UCA receiving core, and that's Lawan Winningham. Um, you look at Look at the 2019 stats for T. Huddy. That was 55 receptions, 975 yards, 12 touchdowns in 2019. Lawan stats in 2019, 50 receptions, 814 yards, and eight touchdowns. And then last year, uh, he sloped off as far as receptions and yards, but scored 12 touchdowns. Um, and his 2019 stats were actually only in eight games because he broke his arm against Sam Houston at home um, in the, uh, the late part of the year. So, oh, excuse me. He, um, that's a guy that kept up pace with T. Huddy, and just like him, he's long, killer speed. He, I, I believe his forty time was like four five five, four five, something like that. Um, so the man has everything that you want in a receiver, and so to duplicate that with T. Huddy and Lawan, that's big time. Uh, this whole team has a bunch of offensive weapons all over the field, but especially through the air with those two, uh, it's hard to guard both of them. Um, if you throw a deep ball up to them, it's probably coming down UCA's way. Um, they've been all-conference, all-American, all-everything that you can think of. Uh, it's just impossible to cover both of them. But uh, the guy I really want to highlight 
as far as uh, impact player, I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball, and that's Logan Jessup, D-tackle slash D-end, whatever they uh, are going to put him at this year. He's done it all uh, in 2020 in the fall season, which bear, bear with me, it was only nine games uh, because we had one canceled. 37 tackles, 22 of those were solo, 11 of them were tackles for loss, and then six and a half sacks. Uh, this man is a freak of nature. If you look at him, his arms are long, his arms are huge. Uh, he's tall. Uh, his six and a half sacks accounted uh, for a negative 51 yards. So he's not just making sacks a yard behind the line of scrimmage uh, on a quarterback run. It is, you know, he's 10 yards in the backfield sacking a quarterback that's trying to throw the ball down the field. Um, he was a preseason all ASUN defensive team. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the year he is a uh, defensive player of the year for the ASUN. Um, not to take anything away from Nakario Harper, but um, I believe Logan Jessup probably is the best defensive player in the ASUN conference. And uh, we can, we'll record that and uh, play it at the end of the season because I think we'll, uh, we'll keep the receipt on that one. But uh, yeah, he lives in the backfield. He's smart. He, um, he's the kind of guy that leads your defense. You know, you typically see linebackers doing that. And don't get me wrong, we have some intelligent linebackers, but people look up to Logan Jessup, and uh, I think he'll be – when we look back at this season at the end of November or at the end of the regular season in November, we, uh, we're we going to be talking about Logan Jessup for sure. Do you have anybody on defense, or was you just wanted to talk about T. Huddy? Tyler is one of my favorite players on the team besides you. Uh, <laughs> but right. Tyler, I, I love watching Tyler. He, he, like I said, he reminds me so much of Josh Pearson and Josh Barge. It's just fun to watch him play. Uh, so he was the main one that I wanted to talk about. But also when going back to Tyler, he wouldn't be the receiver he is now if it wasn't for the good quarterback in Braylon Smith. So right. I, I'm 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 really excited to watch that duo this this fall, especially when they come to Jacksonville State. No doubt. So uh, just to recap, names to watch out for: Tyler Hudson, Braylon Smith, Logan Jessup, Lawan Winningham, and then some uh, guys that you're going to hear their names some more. Um, we, you know, for the sake of time, we'll just mention their name: uh, kicker Hayden Ray's all conference all conference kicker. Uh, and then linebacker Dre Matthews, linebacker uh, TJ Campbell. Those are all names you're going to be talking about at the end of the year. So um, awesome. Well, we've talked about the schedule. We've predicted uh, regular season uh, outcomes. We've talked about impact players. Last thing we're going to do before we go, how far will the UCA Bears go in the national uh, stage this year? Brandon, how far do the Bears make it? Uh, are they a playoff team? Are they a seeded team? Are they a semifinal team? What do you think? Well, I do think they will get a seed, especially at a nine and two record. Um, so they'll they'll put them in the second round. Uh, I don't think they're going to get past the second round. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, no, if you're just, a better man and going off history, just just kidding. I, they are at least a quarterfinal team. Um, it would be awesome to see three AQ7 teams in the semifinals, but I think if anybody in the AQ7 stands a good chance at making uh, the semifinals, it is Sam Houston State. Um, so I will go ahead and just say that UC, I think UCA will at least make, make it past that second round hump and get into the quarterfinals. Yeah, I agree. I think that uh, this year 
uh, could be a turning point for the program. I think this is one of the more talented teams we've had in years, one of the more veteran teams we've had in years. We've got 18 of 22 starters coming back. Uh, and then when you take into account just contributors in general, we're at like 95% returning. Um, and most of our producers, as far as offensive and defensive producers, are back. And so I think this is a uh, this is a team that anything less than the quarterfinals, honestly, would probably be disappointing. And uh, so I'm saying nine and two regular season, but I am saying that the Bears are a semifinal team. Um, like just like Brandon said, I think at least the quarterfinals. But I'm going to say that they are one of the last four teams uh, in the FCS. Whether they win the semifinals, we'll see. That'll depend on a lot more factors than just talent. But uh, I do think the Bears make the semifinals this year. And, uh, and potentially, who knows? We, we may see an all-AQ7 uh, national championship. We'll just have to see how that goes. I think it's entirely possible, man. I really do. But uh, All right. Well, thanks for listening to the uh, pilot episode of Around the A-Sun. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. It's the same username, at Around the A-Sun. And then join our community on Facebook by searching for Around the A-Sun podcast. And uh, keep an eye out. Over the next couple days for the AQ7 Power Poll, we've uh, put together a um, group of contributors from different AQ7 schools and ASUN schools to put out an AQ7 Power Poll, and that should be coming out here in the next couple days. So uh, thanks for listening. Until next time, thanks, Brandon. Everybody else, thanks for listening. Take care.